Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 148 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise her in the heights. Praise her all her angels. Praise her all her host. Praise her sun and moon. Praise her all you shining stars. Praise her you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For she commanded and they were created. She established them forever and ever. She fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling her command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Queens of the earth and all peoples, princesses and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for her name alone is exalted. Her glory is above earth and heaven. She has raised up a horn for her people. Praise for all her faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to her. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 22 through 31. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work the first act, first of his acts long ago. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him, like a master worker, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. First John chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. There are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. 
and these three agree. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his Son. Those who believe in the Son of God have testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Good morning and welcome to the second day of Christmas. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings uh, for the season of Christmas uh, come from Psalm 148 and Proverbs 8 and then finally the first letter of John chapter 5. And Psalm 148 um, was just kind of a really refreshing thing to read in uh, with feminine pronouns because there's so many um, <clears throat> uh, second person uh, pronouns. So there's a lot of he's. Um, I was actually discussing this with Laura um, and uh, those of you who listen frequently know that every other day for the psalm I'll read uh, uh, feminine pronouns if they're in the text uh, for God um, and the reason I do this is uh, because I think it really does a lot to open up our understandings of God uh, to think much more broadly about what and who and how God exists um, with us um, and for so long we, when we attribute uh, masculine characteristics to God, we forget that those characteristics are created by us and we often are kind of projecting onto God our our own understandings of masculinity as opposed to just kind of thinking about God on God's own terms. And the other reason that I do it is that um, this is a podcast that um, centers the understanding and experience and values of grunts. And um, in the military, not long, I think it was uh, within a year before I started the podcast, the, um, the military opened up all jobs, including infantrymen, so grunts, to women. And so the military is in this place of having to reimagine its own self-identity in light of these um, these hang-ups that we had about women and men um, and to do that uh, with God as well I thought was really fruitful and it still is um, and I, it's just kind of a joy to, to read it uh, especially 148 and the really kind of upbeat tempo and language of it um, uh, I don't know just I, I hope that you all get as much out of it as, as I feel like I do but the, the one that really I think is striking and and um, really a, a you know refreshing to read is Proverbs eight, and Proverbs is typically just annoying. Um, Proverbs, uh, you know, in readings past um, and in general, they can go on for long stretches with just literally you know one one verse is its own standalone thought. And it's just 30, 40, 50 of these in a row. And it's just annoying and stupid. 
And it's like pithy little things that sometimes are actually not very helpful. But uh, this morning's readings from Psalm 28, I'm sorry, Proverbs 8, um, toward the end of it, verses 22 through 31, it's this really important part um, that uh, I only learned about when I went to seminary. Um, I frankly wish I learned a little bit more about it because it's just this really rich tradition in Judaism and I'm sure it exists in Christianity as well, but I don't think it's nearly as as um, well known. And that's this wisdom tradition. We read from the Book of Wisdom, which I think is from the Apocrypha um, yesterday or the day before, I can't remember. Um, but wisdom in, in this section of Proverbs and also in um, the Song of Solomon is a person or it's personified. And it's typically actually a woman. Um, and in Proverbs is uh, her, her origin story, for lack of a better word. And um, without rereading too much of it, um, it's this wonderful story about how when God had just begun creating, he created Sophia. And Sophia uh, kind of takes on the role almost of Mary Magdalene, or I'm sorry, not Mary Magdalene, uh, you know, uh, Jesus' mother Mary, the Virgin Mary, um, where in, in, in Catholic thought or within some kind of channels of Catholic thought, um, God and Mary kind of uh, fulfill this male-female um, binary. Um, and for the Old Testament and for some strands of, of Judaism and Christianity, Sophia does uh, something very similar. Um, and she's born before anything else, almost, before the seas were born and before God could put limits on it. Um, and it's this really fascinating uh, account, um, you know, being beside God as a master worker um, and being daily uh, God's delight um, and also rejoicing before God and God's world and being a part of that creation is something that Sophia takes great joy in. <coughs> um, and it, it makes me wonder, you know, we, we have these two creation accounts in Genesis that kind of like get spliced in together almost like a, a zipper. Um, whether that's, you know, whether God created male and female or man and woman, he created them. And it's kind of a weird thing that we put a whole lot of emphasis on in some circles. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, Proverbs is not a part of the Apocrypha. It's been, you know, a, you know, integral to the canon for as long as anybody can remember. And here's this creation account with um, not, you know, animals or plants or uh, geography, but Sophia, the very idea of ideas, for lack of a better word. It's this hidden gem, uh, this tradition that is totally scriptural, um, but only finds expression in certain circles of Judaism and Christianity, which I think is unfortunate. Um, and it may, you know, derive from this very kind of either-or binary um, as opposed to a, a more fruitful and um, healthy uh, dualism, which I think is really um, important to, to 
kind of hold in tension. Um, and I think the what it makes me think of is, are these other hidden gems uh, in the story of God and the people of God. Um, and too often we forget that we are ourselves uh, hidden gems, that um, we are a part of, fully a part of, the story of God and the people of God, um, even the, the body of God in Christ Jesus. Um, I'm not one for these flowery puppies and sunshine things, um, but Christmas tide, season of Christmas is one time where we are called to that. Um, but it's also, I think, important to remember as um, people, uniformed people, um, I was going to say people of the cloth, but <laughs> it's true and not true. Um, I think the military is much more adept at uh, mission orientation and a certain kind of pragmatism. Um, but Paul's letter to veterans, uh, you know, the letter to the Philippians, the church in Philippi, which was this military town, is also referred to as the letter of joy because that's what he emphasizes. And so I think it's important to also flex that muscle of ours, um, intellectual muscle, emotional muscle. Um, one thing that I think that the military is, and a lot of veterans that I've noticed, is that they're much more emotionally uh, uh, diverse, I think is what, I'm, is what I like to call it. What I mean by that is um, that often because of combat or military service and the stresses of that, and not just the stresses, but the structure and the expectation of dealing with those stresses, um, I think allows military members to be more, ex- more diverse in their expressions of emotions, to include anger and sadness. Um, there's a study, I've got to look it up, but um, Americans are, um, in, within the global community, Americans are far more conflict-averse than many other people in the world. Uh, they don't like discomfort. They don't like anger. They don't like sadness. They don't like anything but to feel good. Um, and while that seems kind of normal, you know, yeah, of course, everybody wants to feel good. But the aversion to discomfort is unique in Americans. And I think military, because um, the stresses that they get put under, they have the structure social structure, um, as well as the logistical structure, I'll say sometimes, I was going to say usually, but I'm not sure if I I can say that, Um, the the logistical structure to to handle those stresses, um, anger and sadness and other um, complex emotions are much more um, welcome in the military community. Um, And this brings me back to wisdom and Sophia and these hidden gems um, that uh, we have to be on the lookout for. Um, What are our, what are the military's um, gifts and values? I think too often society expects us to be damaged goods or to be heroic, whatever the heck that means. Um, And those really aren't necessarily our most valuable contributions. Um, I think that we have a lot to offer the church, and I think you have a lot to offer your church and the church, um, but it requires that we, we seek out those hidden gems within us and see ourselves 
as um, you know of of such supreme value um, that um, just like Sophia before us, we rejoice in God's inhabited world and delight in the human race um, to include even ourselves and 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 one another. Prayer for the first week after Christmas from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant this light, enkindled in our hearts, may shine forth in our lives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. <laughs>